Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thank you for joining us as we begin our series on Wisdom, a study through Proverbs. So we're going through Proverbs. We call it uh, our study of wisdom, if you will. This week, we're looking at chapters one and two. And so throughout this week, we'll encourage you to read chapters three and four. And then next week, the message will be on three and four. We've encouraged people to get a copy of the ESV English Standard Version uh, Proverbs Journal. We still have a few available. We've sold probably close to 400 of them already, and we want you to have a copy of it. It's the Word of God, and then it's a place for you to write personal notes and thoughts. Over the next four months, we're going to grow together, and we're going to press into the Lord together, and uh, it's, it's going to be an incredible time. When you read and study the book of Proverbs, Proverbs shows us how doing life God's way will lead to meaning, will lead to purpose, and will lead to uh, peace and joy in your journey. I think every one of us, if we got totally gut-level honest, it's like we want our lives to count. We want to live a life of purpose. We want to live with the peace of God. So when you start to look at the things that God has made available to us, don't miss it. Money, sex, power, friendship, food, drink, whatever— all of these gifts are beautiful gifts if they're used in the context of glorifying God with them. Every gift that God gives, even James would say, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so Proverbs teaches us how to live with wisdom, how to steward these resources in a proper way. Proverbs is all about God saying, hey, I want to give you the resources and, and, and the truth and the knowledge, information, and wisdom that you need so that you can navigate life in such a way that you win and you succeed. Wisdom, in its purest uh, definition, wisdom is established in the fear of the Lord. It is established in the fear of the Lord. Fearing God, people oftentimes will use that phrase. What does it mean? Fearing God means this. Don't miss it. Fearing God means I trust God to be God. I trust God to know more than me. I don't want to be God. I, I'm, I'm willing to re release the reins of who I am. I'm willing to submit in reverence and fear to this God. I fear God. It's reverence. It's submission. It's obedience. It's like, God, you, you, you know it. Even, even, even years ago, I was studying through and reading through Psalms. Psalm 46.10 is a verse that gets quoted where it says, be still. And know that I'm God. Some translations say, cease striving and know that I'm God. And I started studying that in the Latin. And it blew my mind as we talk about the wisdom of God and the fear of God. The word be still and know that I'm God literally translates, Dan, take a vacation from being God long enough to let God show you that he's capable of being God. And many of us would be wise to vacate. Take a vacation chill, get away, get off the throne and go, you know what? I, I want God just to be God. And I'm trying, I'm tired of trying to play little small G God. It hasn't worked and it's not working. So, so wisdom is the right use of knowledge, information, insight, and skill for the glory of God. A person is living wise, which means when you look at the, the knowledge and information and the skill, the gifts, abilities, and passions. Help me out over here. Uh, uh, the, the skill that God's given, we're doing it, everything that God is entrusted for the glory of God. Does that make sense? So I, I believe all of us, 
walk in here today, and we want to glorify God. I, I, I just believe that. I, I think a lot of us are tired of being like in control and trying to call the shots. And, and if we get gut level on it, it's like, man, it doesn't work. It sucks. It's, it's, it's exhausting. It's fatiguing. I need help. And so Eugene Peterson wrote what we have uh, in his version tran- uh, translation called The Message. Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to go back to it, and then we're going to build off of it today. But starting in verse 1 out of The Message. These are the wise sayings, the Proverbs of Solomon, Israel's king. They're written down. I'm going to circle that. They're written down so that we will know how to live. And we'll know how to live right and understand what life means and where it's going. Listen, listen, listen. I'll circle this. A manual for living. God goes, I'm going to give you all a manual for living. Y'all, y'all don't know what's right. You don't really know what's not right and how to get right and how to stay right. I want to give you, Steve, a manual for living, for learning what's right, just, and fair. I, I want to give you a manual so you can teach the inexperienced the ropes of life, so that you can give young people a grasp on reality. There's something also for the seasoned men and women here, still a thing or two for all the experienced to learn. There's fresh wisdom every day to probe, to penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. This is the manual for living. If you reduce the 66 canonized books that we have and you shrink it down over the next four months and you just stayed in the book of Proverbs, it is a manual for living. So, Throughout the first nine chapters, there's this great contrast in Proverbs of here's what a wise life looks like. Here's what a fool looks like. And when you read it, it's either or. It's either or. You're either going to live as a wise person or you're either going to live as a fool. So, so, So choose wisdom. Repeatedly, God presents wisdom. It's standing on the street corner. Just begging, come, listen, uh, take my advice, take my advice. So when you study it, a review from last week, real quick, and then we'll move. The wise person, they have an example worth following. Their life is worth imitating. If you're coaching people up, and one of the things we did with our kids was, hey, Benji, Jesse, I want y'all 15, 16 years old, I want you to pick out some godly, wise men that you feel like you can go to and talk about anything. I'm talking about money, sex, power, relationships, friendships, dating, whatever. I want you to have some wise people that you draft off of. Daddy's not the fourth member of the Trinity. He don't know it all. There's some other people out there with wisdom. We want to help y'all. And if you're wise... You'll draft off of other wise people. Wise people are the ones who have submitted and surrendered their life to the Lord. You watch them, they yield to the Lord. You, you watch them, they walk upright, they're prudent, they're diligent, and they're sharp. Now, now, the other contrast when you read through it, reviewing, is the fool. The fuel ha- the fool has rejected God and has rejected God's design for doing life. The fool deep down inside of his heart is going to do what is right in his own eyes. He's, all, he's already concluded that I, I'm going to do what I want to do the way I want to do it. Now, I, I've got to be honest with you. 
I think every person under my voice once upon a time lived as a fool. I know the person speaking to you that was redeemed out of darkness was a fool. The fool described as wicked, lazy, good for nothing. That would have been my label at one time if I got gut level honest. Disrupting unity. Betraying the beauty of what God's created. Any, 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 anybody know any fools? The wise think and then speak. The fool will speak and never think. There's a proverb that says, like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. There ain't no action. I, I was reading that this week thinking, the legs of the lame that hang limp, can't walk, can't stand, can't, is any type of wise statement that a fool would maybe try to even manipulate. It's not happening. There's no action to it. The simple is the focal point. The, the simple are unsure which way should I go. And that's where the majority of the attention is given, saying, hey, the simple, you're misguided. You're misled. You're at a crossroads. You're trying to figure out what to do. And, and this will happen with all of us even now. At 56 years old, I find myself at crossroads. What's good? What's best? What's bad? What's right? What's evil? What, what am I going to do? I had these friends years ago, and they came to me, and they were all frustrated. These guys were playing with the Padres, and we were doing some ministry with that team at the time. And they're like, they were all frustrated. Hey, man, uh, one of our teammates, his father-in-law, he came to us. He gave us this sales pitch, and we all invested 250000 in it. It was a stinking scam. He's taking our money. For real? He's taking your money. And, and what was the business, and what did he offer you? And then I paused, and I said, based on 2 Corinthians 6, were you equally yoked? The scripture says, what fellowship can light have with darkness? Were, were you all on the same page and spiritually? Kindred spirit? It's like, no. So, so this guy came to y'all with a scheme, and he told y'all if you put in 250, there was a great chance he was going to double and quadruple this money for y'all, and you thought you could make more money but you violated a principle. You, you crawled into a partnership with a fool. Yes, crawled into partnership with a fool. And, and a lot of times we hear this stuff today. They're, they're, they're selling vitamins today. You take this one in 30 days, you can eat like, you can eat like whatever you want to eat like. You can be a gluttoner. You can eat all the stinking pecan pies and barbecue you want, and you'll lose weight. Really. Y'all don't see the advertising for all this stuff? You use this cream, whew, you'll look like Bo Derrick back in her heyday. <laughs> and you take it, and you end up looking like Bo Diddley. <laughs> it's like, y'all don't see all this stuff? You ever see it? And, and there's all this stuff, and we find ourselves at a crossroads. And if we're not careful, it's easy to be misled because we, we, we want to hear what we want to hear. 
And, and if it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. So, so we stop and we go, who am I following? Who am I listening to? What do I listen to? What are the podcasts? What are the speakers? What are the teachers? Who am I listening to? Where am I going? Why am I going there? What am I becoming? Who am I making the trip with? And, and that's Proverbs. Stop, stop. Who are you following? Who are you listening to? I would write this down. The definition of a fool. When it's used in Scripture, it's always in regards to morality more than intellect. When the Scripture talks about a fool, he's not talking about a person who has a low IQ, who has a low GPA, who didn't do well on the SAT. When the Scripture talks about a fool, it's always in regards to morality. A lot of times... What you'll see, a fool is not lacking mental power. He just misuses it. He's got some information. He's even had some education. But he misuses it. He's a fool. They disregard and reject the principles of God. Is anybody in here still living the life of a a fool? Because you've got to stop and look in the mirror and go, All right, do I have any foolish stuff inside my heart, inside my mind? Do I still function as a fool? Before you can lift up a window and look out at the world and others, you've got to stop and go, I'm starting with this man in the mirror. Is is there any characteristics or tendencies of being a fool inside of me? Proverbs chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. 16 and 29. Listen to what it reads in Proverbs 14. The wisdom of the wise keeps life on track, but the foolish, the foolishness of fools lands them in the ditch. The stupid will ridicule what's right and wrong, but a moral wise life is a favored one. Oh, a wise man is cautious and turns from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. People with understanding will control their anger, but a hot temper shows great foolishness. And that dude just flies off the handle. That dude loves to show his tail. He's got a quick temper. He's a fool. That's, That's a fool. Are you living the life of wisdom or foolishness? Now, I'm going to give you about seven characteristics of a fool. Pay attention to it. Now, my notes are online. They'll be uploaded today. And there's tons of scripture. My five pages that I have for me, they're going to be online. And if you want to go back and study tonight and tomorrow a little bit more to go, let me dive into this deeper. It will help you. Now, what are some of the characteristics of a fool? The first thing I would say is this. A fool will always trust in themselves. They're selfish. They're self-centered. They're self-serving. They're into self-gratification. When you start to pay attention to the patterns of a fool, they trust themselves. It's about me. Proverbs 12, 15 says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A, a, A fool is like, hey, what I'm doing is right. What I'm doing is okay. It's, it's, it's good. 
even if it's in contradiction with Scripture, he trusts in himself. And you can hang out with people and just watch the patterns, listen to the conversation. Who do they talk about? What do they talk about? And you can tell oftentimes where a person's trust is. What do you value? What do you talk about most of the time? A second characteristic of a fool is he refuses to listen to godly wisdom. Proverbs 23.9 says, don't waste your breath on fools. They'll despise the wisest advice. You ever try to talk to a fool and be expressing yourself and trying to talk to a fool? And you can look in their eyes and you can tell they're not listening to anything you have to say. They've turned a deaf ear. They muted you. They don't want to hear it. And man, it's so hard when you're trying to minister or coach somebody up. You're like, hey, let me share something with you. And as soon as I look going, you're not listening. I'm not talking anymore. The scripture says, why, why throw your pearl before swine? Why give what is holy unto dogs, people that are not paying attention? Don't waste your breath on fools. But one of the characteristics is, they don't listen to godly instruction. I know people that will go to Christian counseling. I know people that have sat down in some of the most godly rooms, and they walk away rejecting to listen to anything because they trust themselves. One of the characteristics of a fool is he's a know-it-all. It doesn't matter what the topic, what the subject, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. They know everything. Oh, that is so exhausting to be around. Always just vomiting at the mouth. Man, you're so smart. And when you start to listen to a fool that just knows everything and just won't shut up and might, I am so blessed to be in your presence. Little did I know that God really had empowered the fourth member of the Trinity Thank you so much for showering me. You know so much. You're so brilliant. It's fatiguing. Watch the fool. No one likes being around a fool. No one likes being around a know-it-all. No, no one wants to be around somebody that's got all the answers. When you're around a fool, just pay attention. They're a talker. They're not a listener. They don't know how to shut up. Just They don't even know how to shut up. There was this boy that came here to the church for a short period of time, and Jesse and some of our kids, they were like, hey, man, they invited him over. And as soon as he walked in the door, he just started talking. And I'm like, does he ever shut up? He lied so much about so many things. And I said, Jesse, the boy is a fool. You can have influence on his life. But I don't heard enough of this stuff in my house. Now, I got an open door. We'll feed you and love on you. But that dude needs to go eat somewhere else. I'm telling you right now, he don't want to change. He doesn't care anything about truth. He just wants to talk. I'm like, Whew. he refuses to be disciplined. They're just all over the map. Look at the discipline of their life. When you look at a fool, Jeff, you, you, you want to say, what kind of discipline, daily disciplines do they have in their life? The characteristic of a fool is they're not disciplined. Extremely opinionated. 
So much so that he'll give his opinion but won't even follow what he says his opinion is. And Proverbs lays this out regarding a fool. Very impulsive, will constantly just act on impulse and not principle. And this person is impulsive. Why? There's no discipline. There's no direction. You sit down with them and they want to know why they're in financial ruins. Because honestly, bro, you were already in debt and buying that boat was not smart. But it was impulsive. And there's a lot of people that are fools that are just going out and they're impulsive buyers of clothing and homes and vehicles or whatever. And you look at it, Dustin, and you're like, man, they're just foolish. They're rejecting the principles of the Lord. Wisdom comes from two main sources. Get this. I promise you, wisdom comes from two main sources. Personal experience and proven experience. Personal experience is always about trial and error. Oh, I got to figure it out myself. Oh, really? I, I, I got to figure it out myself. And there's a lot of people that fall into the, I got to figure, they're not going to listen to godly counsel. They're not going to listen to what God has to say in the word. They, they got to have the personal experience. Crawford, my mentor, said, experience is not always a good teacher, but it is the only school a fool will ever attend. I'm like, experience. Well, let me tell you about my experience. And I started thinking, when you have to have personal experience through trial and error, it costs you a lot of time. It costs you a lot of money. It costs you a lot of energy. When you have to just go the route, all the time of personal experience. It, it costs you so much. And then the consequences of those failures cannot be reversed. There's people that I know that planted bad crop for many years. And they're dealing with the consequences of their failure. Of their mistakes. Of their personal experience. Well, I did it my way. Yeah, 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 yeah you did. Yeah, 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 you did. Now, all of us have personal experience with certain things, but even last night, I had a two and a half hour talk with Luke, who has been in our fellowship. He just graduated from dive school with the Navy, and he's getting ready to go to Everett, Washington for the next three years. And his girl, Sydney, they're going to be married here in a few months. And, and, and we sat down. And had like a life coaching talk. And he was like, we need help. And he was willing to trust proven experience. And not to say, well, I, I don't care what kind of resources are out there. I'm going to do it. Well, we're, we're going to figure it out and come back and talk later. He goes, hey, y'all have got some proven experience. Jeff and Jamie have some proven experience. Other, hey, hey, we want to get as much wisdom as we can. You see, when you start to lean into proven experience, you will avoid wasting years spinning out in the ditch. Because biblical principles do not expire. When, when God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, grass withers and flowers fade, but this stays true, it, it doesn't expire. So I, I was telling them last night, I said, you know what's cool? I'm so proud of y'all for 
for the route that you're desiring to go. I said, there's five areas that to me, after being married 29 years and being in ministry for all these years, I promise you, there, there's five areas that are pretty much the dominant ones in marriage that I've dealt with, with other people. I said, let, let me lay them out. Number one, your faith. You've got to make sure that the person that you're going to marry, you're on the same page when it comes to your faith and your belief and your doctrine. There's a lot of people go, well, I love him and I think I can change him. Come on. Two and five years down the road, you want to know why all hell is breaking loose. Because you married a fool. And you were a fool to marry a fool. But you've got to get your faith right. You've got to get your doctrine and foundation right. Then another thing that you're always going to deal with is family. There's in-laws and there's outlaws and there's siblings. And, and I, all these years of, of coaching people up in marriage, the family it's like Samsonite, man. You can't get rid of it. I mean, those things last forever, it seems like, right? What, what are you dealing with? I'm dealing with family. And if they were nagging when you got married, there's a good chance she's going to be nagging a little later on. Hey, I got to deal with family. I heard a brother say, Kenneth, that mixed emotions is when your mother-in-law drives off the cliff in your new Cadillac. So, <laughs> brother got mixed emotions. <clears throat> but here's the deal. Family. Hey, Chad, it's always there. Third thing, and I was telling them, I said, I promise you, if we can start to work on this and get some proven experience, it'll help you. So you've got faith, you've got family, and you've got finances. Oh, there's a lot of marriages that start to melt and fall apart because people, uh, uh, they're all over the map with how they steward and budget. And I'm telling you, you want to you jack up a relationship? Drive it into the ditch of debt. The fourth one is Communication. I mean, they had already studied the five love languages, and we were talking about different uh, uh, core operational beliefs last night, which was good. Whether you're a driver or a connector or a perfecter or a stabilizer, we were getting coached up, but there's proven experience. Hey, man, y'all help me out. I was so proud of them. And then the last one is uh, sexual intimacy inside of marriage. And, and I've seen abuse and misuse and people get together and there's violation or rape in somebody's past and it, and it stains going in. If you don't talk through it and get some healthy perspective or, 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 or if the dude's got some whacked out porn addiction and he's not dealing with it and they get, stop. If there's immorality or adultery or something going on, I promise you the five areas that I look at all the time. But usually it's going to be under one of those umbrellas. What are you dealing with? A couple struggling. Dustin, we, we've been in ministry for years, brother. Tom, you have. And it's usually one of those five. And I was so proud of them last night. As we started talking through this, they're like, hey, we want to sit down with people with proven experience. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Now, here's some things we know. When it comes to proven experience and the kind of people we want to draft off of, the fear of the Lord or the wisdom of the Lord, listen to this. This is what I know about fearing God and getting the wisdom of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, true knowledge. And when we study knowledge in Scripture, even under the New Testament umbrella, there's two basic words, oida and gnosko. Oida means I've got this cognitive concept, but gnosko means I've, I've got this experiential, intimate affiliation with it. The fear of the Lord starts to drive us more toward gnosko, where we're experiencing the knowledge of God. Fear the, you got the fear of the Lord? 
the wisdom of the Lord? It, it, it's, it's the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord will cause you, this, this is something I look for in people. The fear of the Lord will cause you to hate evil. The fear of the Lord will cause you to hate sin and wickedness. A person who tells me that they belong to Jesus. Oh, I've been saved. But they're still living a wicked, evil, sinful, self-indulged life. I'm like, you are a contradiction. Because one of the manifestations of having the Holy Spirit inside of you is that God will give you a hate toward sin. I didn't say you will hate the person. God loves people, but you'll hate that behavior and that action, and you'll go, I, I hate it. Give me a distaste for that. Uh, the fear of the Lord can prolong your life. It can add years. It can add meaning to the way you do life. I got the fear of the Lord. Man, it's starting to add purpose and direction and meaning. That, that, that's good. That's good. The fear of the Lord provides confidence and peace. Not arrogance and cockiness, but I've got the fear of the Lord. And all of a sudden, you can stand with confidence because you're standing in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, they just walk in. They're not ashamed. Why are you so confident? But because of who I am in Christ, whose I am, who I belong to, the fear of the Lord leads to a satisfying life. There's honor. There's balance. The fear of the Lord. Man, I'm telling you right now, when God was kind enough to rescue me out of the domain of darkness in October of 85 and transferred me into the kingdom of light, it took me a while to realize, but I'm like, where, where's the proven experience? Where's the wisdom of the Lord? You said if you like wisdom, ask God. What'd you do? I, I didn't go to church. We didn't know anything about the gospel. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would saturate my mind with biblical truth. Lord, I want to know your word. I, I, I would open that Bible and I would be on my face crying out, Lord, please, I want to know your word. Lord, I want to hide your word in my heart. Lord, I want this stuff deep down inside my core. Or David said he hid it so he wouldn't sin against you. I want to hide it in my heart. I want it in my mind. I want it in front of me. Isaiah said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if you'll keep your mind fixed on me. Lord, I want wisdom. Without the fear of the Lord, people deprive themselves of the real meaning and purpose of being on the planet. Don't fear the Lord. They're missing out on the real meaning of life. Without the fear of the Lord and the wisdom of the Lord, we constantly flirt with evil and we constantly gravitate toward corruption. It's killing me. I'm living over here in sin. And all of us, Cole, have lived in forms of sin, recklessness. I rejected and denied the things of God. I'm telling you right now, without the fear of the Lord, I've seen people's lives Shortened. LD. Now that's, that's LD. They took themselves out. They rejected the wisdom of God. 
they lived in so much bondage. They medicated, they sedated. They were there at that crossroads, at that fork in the road. And they're like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You seen that happen? Yeah. And without the fear of the Lord, you see people and you're like, why are there not, why is there no more confidence inside that person's life? Why is there no more peace? It's because they don't walk in the fear and reverence of the Lord. You can see people who are walking in peace and freedom and the joy of the Lord is central and you're going, they're, they're submitting to the wisdom of God. I promise you right now, as we study through Proverbs, the contrast of chapters 1 and 2, it just screams, walk with the Lord, walk in wisdom. Don't run over there and walk over there with those who are evil. Don't, don't do it. The fool hates wisdom. The fool walks as an idiot. The fool despises anything of integrity and morality in their life. They, they despise it. The Hebrew word for fool, again, is all about, watch them, watch them, watch them. They're morally corrupt. They do business in a corrupt way. They do life in a corrupt way. They do relationships in a corrupt way. The fool despises instruction. The fool, deep down inside, is egotistical. Rick Rigsby, in his book, Lessons I Learned from a Third Grade Dropout, he made this statement. He goes, ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Ego. I've got to be egotistical. I've got to be arrogant. Why? Because it deadens the pain of how stupid I really am. You see an egotistical person, you're like, it's rough. It, it, it is so rough. And, and one of the things when you study the difference in wise people and foolish people, the wisdom of God being inside of a person's heart and being lived out versus foolishness. It has nothing to do with title. It has nothing to do with talent. And it has nothing to do with intellect. Jim, we know people that have the title of being a business owner, pastors, politicians. I've met some people that own their own business I've met people that hold office and the political structure. I'm like, what a fool. Your title does not determine what you have. I've seen poor, broke-down people with no title that walked in the wisdom of God. They may not have been elevated and applauded in the eyes of the media and the world. But I'm like, man, I love hanging out. There's deep waters, salt of the earth. Yeah. Pharaoh had a title. But Moses had a testimony. And we gravitate in this culture toward, look at their title. I just met the, what, CEO or owner. What does that mean? Well, brother, I'm a pastor. What, 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 what does that mean? You cynical, Tim? Skeptical? Patrick, we are, brother. I've had people tell me, yeah, well, I've been pastoring for years. I don't, I, I don't know what that means. I'm not being rude. I could tell people, what do you do? Honestly, I try to walk in the wisdom of God. That's what I try to do. 
What's your title? Why? How are you going to treat me? If I say pastor or janitor, what, what difference does it make? I've been called to be a servant of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of God. That's all. I mean, what, 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 what difference does it make? I, I know people with talent working in the professional sports industry. I've met people that are movie stars, professional athletes, entertainers that are fools. I, I, I've met people with average talent below average income that were wise. I've met people of intelligence that had PhDs and masters that were brilliant when it came to the science and math and the studies, but you cut them open and they were fools. They had written books. They were professors at universities. But when they open their mouth and reject the wisdom of God and denounce the wisdom of God, they're fools. Because the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, I don't need him. So I don't care how much you've written and how much you've read. It's like, that doesn't matter. The fear of the Lord. According to Solomon, the biggest difference between a wise person and a foolish person, listen, 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 is how they receive correction, instruction, and direction. Watch how they receive correction, instruction, and direction. A wise person will listen without being defensive. A wise person will accept accountability and responsibility. I was sharing with my friends this morning. I met with a gentleman on Thursday evening up in Rome. And he was sharing with me how his first marriage ended in divorce. They had a couple babies that didn't live very long and passed away. And it created a lot of stress on the marriage. And he was sharing certain things with me. And he said, you know why the marriage failed? I said, why is that? I checked out. I hit the road. I wasn't the man of God I was supposed to be. I jacked it up. I didn't give her the support she needed. We're sitting here in the stands watching a ball game, and I was like, this is the coolest thinking thing I've heard all day. A guy in his mid-50s taking responsibility, owning it, saying it, it, it was me. I told him, I said, man, thank you for telling me that. One of the things about a wise person is they accept responsibility. You share something, they'll make changes. Hey, I, I, I need to make an adjustment in my life right there. If you're talking to a wise person, talking is helpful. If you're talking to a wise person, what you share can make a difference. If you're talking to a fool, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. They resist change. They don't want to hear it. When you're talking to a fool, and I've talked with some fools here lately, and I've sat down one-on-one -on -one in my office and 
had some one-on-one talks with people that were fools. When you talk to a fool, listen to me, the problem in their mind is never in the room. If you talk to a fool, they're so good at deflecting and denying that you can't access or even address what the real problem is because the fool has deflected it so far away. You're like, you're a fool. Jesus comes on the scene and says, don't call anybody a fool. The scripture says, here's how you can notice a fool. If you're dealing with a fool, I'm just telling you right now, talking is a waste of time. And Dan, I wrote this in my notes. I used to wonder why some conversations really never got anywhere. And now I know. Answer a fool according to his folly? He'll become a fool. And Mike, we can pray for people, brother, you know it. We can love on people. But a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And you can try to coach people up and encourage them. And you look going, you don't want to change. You don't want to change. And, and some people cry out to God when all hell starts to break loose in their marriage or with their kids. But they never study. They're not in pressing into the Lord. Like they just run to the Lord when... He's kind of like a general practitioner. They just need a little physician love, and they go on about their business. Jesus is 24-7. You talked about United Hope for Children. It's 24-7, 365. Our walk with Christ is 24-7, 365. I need the wisdom of God today more than I've ever needed it. I need the strength of the Lord and the fear of the Lord, Sandra, in my life. I need it like never before. And my encouragement to you as we move into a time of prayer and to a time of communion right now is to really press in. Thank you so much for watching the message today. We hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it. I encourage you to check out our website. It's thecrossloganville.org. There's a lot of information about our church there uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are. And don't forget that on our website we have old messages and archived series so you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring if you have any questions you can contact us via the web or you could call us at the church 770-554-3322 thanks again for watching